is up everybody welcome back to another episode of murph and the mage i am your host the mage you can find me on twitter at the mage underscore nfl you can find my co-host murph on twitter at one murph blue and you can find us on twitter at murph and the mage also on instagram same handle murph and the mage murph what's up brother not much man just excited about this schedule launch and uh you know we're getting into the real dog days now seems like we don't have much to look forward to until until week one right so it looks like there's going to be some football played so that's good news and that's good news for our special guest today as well uh that we have joining the show mr montre hardage of the new york giants who was just picked up off waivers from the miami dolphins so he'll be joining us later on in this podcast so let's go ahead and get it started, Murph. We have football, presumably, coming in September. One of the things that I found interesting that was making his ways on Twitter that Adam Schefter had brought up is the possible impact on the salary cap next year. So if we do have a football season next year, however, if it's played without fans, they are looking at projected losses of $100 million per team looking at a total of $3.2 billion in revenue down. So Adam Schefter brought up the idea that next year, we may actually see a decrease in the salary cap, anywhere from $30 million to $80 million. That's a lot of money, especially for some of our rivals like the Dallas Cowboys, who have to pay Dak Prescott. And probably not the best news for Dak either, Because if a lot of teams are going to be affected by this, I mean, you're looking at decreasing the salary cap for the first time in as long as I can remember of almost $80 million. What are your thoughts on that? You know, just like any other business in America right now, the NFL is no different. Yeah, they make a lot of money, but at the end of the day, they are a business just like any mom and pop pizza shop down in New York or up in New Jersey or New York, you know? Um, So with COVID impacting our nation like it is, it's not shocking to me. For once, when the Giants are salary cap healthy, you know, we always have a negative to add to our, our scenario, so... I'm not shocked. Uh, hopefully it isn't something that happens. Uh, I don't feel bad for any of these owners losing a couple million dollars, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. It's to me, it's not very surprising at all. Um, let's, let's hope that that's not the case, but you know, I think right now the NFL's really focused on whether or not, whether or not they're going to have butts in the seats this um, upcoming September. Well, that's the whole thing. If they start playing games without fans in the seats, That's where this impact comes in, right? It's not going to affect the TV contracts or anything like that. So there's still going to be money that the NFL is going to make, but they are going to lose revenue due to not having fans in the seats. And this is collectively bargained. So the salary cap increases the more money that the NFL makes. However, it can also go the opposite way. So the salary cap can decrease if the NFL happens to lose money. Some people think that they are going to try and work around this so that it's not impacted. But, hey, again, this is a collectively bargained agreement. I don't think that the owners are just going to sit back and say, yeah, no problem. It's okay. We're absorbed a $100 million loss. You guys are fine. It is a collectively bargained agreement. Both ownership and players share responsibility. So 
it's going to be really interesting to see how much of this really takes place next year. I'll throw this back to you then, Murph. The Giants right now have a rookie quarterback on a rookie salary. The Giants are projected with all their plays that won't be tagged next year or that will be considered an unrestricted free agent. Uh, also, assuming that we have players like um, Nate Solder won't be back, maybe Golden Tate. The Giants will have somewhere around $92 million, I think, next year with those two cuts as well. The Giants can absorb an $80 million hit and keep most of their team intact. There are a couple free agents that they would need to resign. Maybe a guy like Dowling Tomlinson. Nick Gates is also going to be a free agent. They're going to be a little bit healthier than a team like the Dallas Cowboys, who would have to either pay Andy Dalton or pay Dak Prescott, and they're already strapped against the cap. I don't think they're going to be able to afford that. What do you think the impact is on certain teams, and how does that balance the NFL next year? Well, I guess you just have to look at the state of the current rosters and you know how many guys they have currently on their team that they think that they want in their future plans. So, for example, for us, it's Jabril Peppers, Saquon, possibly Evan Ingram. You know, it's, it's definitely going to make it challenging. I mean, I guess if I – was in Dave Gettleman's shoes or Kevin Abrams shoes right now, I think I would definitely want to be working the extension table as far as getting my guys wrapped up now better than, you know, next summer. You know, I don't know. It's interesting. You know, we've never seen anything like this, so I don't know how teams will approach it. I can't say I feel bad for any of the owners losing a couple billion dollars, but, you know, whenever they have to have the NFL and the NFLPA come to an agreement on something, it never happens easily and it never happens quick. So. Uh, you know, like like every summer, I think this will be their hurdle that they're going to have to face next summer. And uh, luckily for us, I don't think we're in a bad situation as far as losing any money. Um, but for me, the first thing I thought of was let's get Saquon wrapped up immediately. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not too much of a, a money guy, and I don't know that I can 100% speak on this stuff all the time, but it is something that we definitely have to keep an eye on. Don't forget, Dave Gettleman, bad. Yeah, old man bad. Very bad. But, you know, I, I think for us, like, as far as from a Giants outlook, we got to get Saquon under wraps sooner than later. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I do. The question is, is his contract going to get pushed back one more year, especially if this is going to have an impact on the salary cap? So it, it depends how much he's looking for. So you got, it's, it's tricky because I think you and I can both sit here and say that the Giants want Saquon Barkley in blue for as long as they can possibly make that happen. No, um, I don't think that the only way that Saquon wouldn't be wearing blue is if Saquon made that decision. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would agree with that. But at the same time, though, if you're talking about decrease in salary cap, if the fifth-year option is going to cost the Giants $15 million, and he's expected to make 18 to 20, I think that they might push that back a year and do some negotiating in the following golf season when the cap increase would go up once fans are allowed back in the stadium. This all just comes down to dollars and cents. Well, in dollars and cents, and you know what also is going to come into play is how our current roster um, competes this year. You know, They could be going into 2021 thinking that they don't need to spend a lot in free agency because – they got their guys in the draft this year and they're going to continue to build the roster. But I mean, we have no idea how any of these rookies or any of these newcomers are going to perform. They could all shit the bed. We could be looking at another big free agent offseason next year. Um, so there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of dominoes. It remains to be seen how this offseason or 
if this season's even going to be played, right now they are approaching the season under the premise that there is going to be one, but that still remains murky. We don't know yet by the time September rolls around if there are going to be fans in the seats or if games are actually going to be played. So we still have to see how this season plays out before we get into that. But I thought that was really interesting to bring up and honestly something to think about heading into next season. So let's focus on this season and let's shift our focus to the 2020 NFL schedule. Murph, who is our first opponent? So week one, Monday, September 14th, the Pittsburgh Steelers come to town for Joe Judge's debut, 7-15, first ESPN game of the season, first Monday night football game. The reaction on Twitter was not awesome. You know, everybody everybody was happy that we weren't going to be seeing Dallas week one, um, but then they went to, oh, Pittsburgh's going to whip our ass week one. I'm not feeling that way, man. I feel like uh, – you know, opening with a tougher team is always kind of a a positive for a team that's struggling. I think that all all bets are off for Week One, man. I don't think we could meet the Steelers in a better place. So uh, for me, I'm I'm actually going to take a win here. You know, I think that we match up nice with Pittsburgh, and you know, Week One's always a crapshoot. So I, I'm going to go go ahead and say Joe Judge gets his first dub of the season, Week One. I am right there with you. So for me, it depends on Ben Roethlisberger's health. Coming back from the elbow surgery this offseason, uh, let's face it, Ben Roethlisberger isn't a guy that likes to put time into his conditioning in the offseason. Primetime game, uh, I don't think that the Pittsburgh Steelers did enough to upgrade their receiving core. Their running game is the same. Their defense is still very good. They still got Minka Fitzpatrick. Devin Bush. I look at this more of a offense versus defense. I know that's stupid to say because all games offense versus defense, but still, I think our defense can match their offense, especially with the uh, improvements that we made in the secondary on the front with Leo Williams and, um, you know, that uh, linebacking crew. Yeah. So I think our defense can match up with their offense. And also, I think that our offense can even match up with their defense. We got improvements on the offensive line. So I'm excited to see how that turns out. We got Saquon Barkley. Our wide receiver core is probably just about as good as theirs. We're talking about Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, uh, Darius Slayton. It's probably matches up with theirs, but um, really it comes down to Danny versus Big Ben. And let's face it, I mean, Big Ben's going to be rusty. Yeah, that dude hasn't played in a year, and who knows if he's even got it in the tank anymore. And from what I remember, I don't think they drafted one, but I don't, they don't really have the best backup situation there either. So um, Pittsburgh is kind of like in the situation that the Giants were in with Eli. But uh, let's move on to week two um, at Chicago, 1 o'clock game. I, uh, I'm not big on Chicago, man. They give me the vibe that they had. They were kind of a one-hit wonder with that that season. and. You know, they weren't very great last year. I know they got the defense that can definitely show up in big games, but um, <laughs> call me a homer, call me crazy, but I'm, I'm giving us a 2-0 start. I, I like the way we match up with Chicago. Their offense doesn't scare me with our uh, kind of Swiss cheese defense we got going on, and you know, I'm not afraid of Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles at all. As, as long as we can uh, slow down Khalil Mack, I, I, I think that we can definitely match up well with Chicago week two. 
this isn't going to be a fun segment if you and I keep agreeing on everything, but I am also going to give the Giants a W in Chicago as well for all the same reasons that you mentioned. I like the improved offensive line, so let's hope that they can contain Khalil Mack and that uh, pass rush defense of Chicago. And I think our defense, again, the, the secondary mainly has improved. We're talking about Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky on that side. We add athleticism to the linebacking crew. So even if Mitch Trubisky is a starting quarterback there, with his athleticism, I think we can match that. I'm giving Giants a W as well. Next game is a home game versus the San Francisco 49ers. I just think that the 49ers are too good of a football team. I see them coming out of the NFC again. I'm going to give the Giants a loss on this one. What about you, Mer? Yeah, I mean, the magician Kyle Shanahan scares the shit out of me. I'm so glad he's not with the Washington Redskins anymore because that dude knows how to run an offense. Um, I, I'm with you on this totally. I'm going to have to give San Francisco the, the edge here. The, the thing I do like about this matchup, though, is we're home. Um, so we're not going cross country. I don't think it'll be bad as a loss as people think, but uh, I'm definitely going to have to go and give San Francisco the edge, considering that, in my opinion, they're the best team in the league. So um, moving on over to Los Angeles, our first four o'clock game of the year, October 4th at L.A. So we're going over to playing in L.A.'s new brand new shiny toy of a stadium. I'm not big on the Rams, man. Again, kind of like Chicago, I felt like they kind of had their one-year wonder. Not a big golf fan at all. Um, I think we match up well with them, but um, I think we're going to fall on this one. So I'm going to give us an L here. All right, so we have our first disagreement. I'm going to give them a win. They lost uh, integral pieces on that defense. They no longer have Marcus Peters. They no longer have Dexter Fowler. And also, too, they traded away Brandon Cooks. They no longer have Todd Gurley. Their offensive line is aging. And they had Jared Goff, who I don't trust. I'm going to go ahead and give the Giants a W in L.A. And I do think that they can pull it off. Uh, If you disagree with me, tell me where you think that I'm wrong in terms of the matchups. But I'm giving them a W. No, like I said, like, I'm not big on the Rams at all. Uh, I'm... Most likely giving us an L here just because of the cross-country travel. I think it'll be a close game, but, you know, we're going to lose some games, and I I can't get too much of a homer here. So uh, I'm going to give us the L here. But then again, they don't scare me at all, and I certainly think they're beatable. Um, So let's move over to our good old friends down in the state of Texas. At Dallas Cowboys, 425, October 11th. I know I know this is a divisional game, and I know that we hate the Cowboys. I'm not too big of a Cowboy hater, to be honest with you. I think they got something good going there. I think a lot, of the, a lot of what falls on Dallas right now falls on Mike McCarthy. They have the pieces. They, I mean, there's no reason why Dallas can't be con- competing for a Super Bowl title. Maybe Mike McCarthy can do something that Jason Garrett wasn't able to do. You know, I'm not a big fan of Mike McCarthy's very predictable three wide receiver set offense, but I'm going to go ahead and give them the edge here in in our first division matchup. Say Dallas takes this one. So I will spoil some of my picks, but I do think for the most part, we can split with our division. I'm going to give the Giants the win here in the away game, and I'm going to give them the loss in the home game. I think that early in the season yet, Cowboys is still going to be figuring out Mike McCarthy system. And also, let's face it, the Cowboys lost pieces as well. They lost Robert Quinn. They they lost Byron Jones in that secondary. They didn't get any better in that secondary or that defense. 
Yeah, I mean, they drafted a corner, but actually my buddy who's a Dallas fan was over last night. He said the word around Dallas right now is they're going to be moving Anthony Brown to safety, which I don't know how that makes any sense for them, but that's fine with me because that just leaves another hole for them at corner. And let's not forget, too, this is Jason Garrett's return to Dallas since being ousted as the head coach. So nobody knows these players better than Jason Garrett does. So he's going to know weaknesses. It's still early in the season yet where I think that the Cowboys are still going to be trying to figure some stuff out with Jason Garrett's knowledge of this team. I think he's going to come in, and I honestly – I think that Jason Garrett is going to want this more than anybody else. I'm giving the Giants the W in Dallas. I like it. I like it. Moving on to October 18th. Home versus the Foreskins. Ah, Sorry, I make that mistake all the time. Versus the Dead – God damn it! What's this team called? (laughs) Uh, poverty. Oh, okay. <laughs> the New York Giants, October 18th, home versus the Washington Poverty. Look, I, I really do. I, I like Ron Rivera. I, I think eventually this team is going to figure it out. Ron Rivera is the person to have in charge there. However, they're just not there yet. I'm sorry. They have more running backs on, on this team than they'll know what to do with. And I still don't think they have one running back. I mean, Darius Geis has yet to really see any significant time. Adrian Peterson is 62 years old. I mean, Bryce Love, maybe. Outside of that, who else do they have? Peyton Barber. They draft Antonio Gibson. I don't know what they're going to do. Their wide receiving core is decent. I love Terry McLaurin. He's great, but I don't think he can do it all by himself. Steve Sims is undersized, but still another great uh, guy to have. Their defense is okay. They have a really good front seven. Outside of that, they have to get pressure. Otherwise, their secondary is not going to do much. And they still have Dwayne Haskins as a quarterback. As much shit as we give Redskins fans, I do think he's going to get better. But I have to see that yet. Uh, Dwayne Haskins last year could not read the field at all. He, He is a tremendous arm talent, but I just don't see him really diving into a playbook, really being able to see or survey a field the way that a more methodical quarterback could like maybe Daniel Jones, who doesn't have the arm talent, but has the quarterback intelligence. So I'm going to go ahead and get the Giants a W in this one. I'm not even going to go on my soapbox about this piece of shit franchise. I don't know what has gone into Redskins fans lately, but they're like the cockiest individuals I've ever met in my life. I don't I just don't understand it. I do like Ron Rivera as well. I think he's a great coach, and I think he will get them on the right track. I think the defense or their offense is just completely riddled with holes still, especially the O-line and the wide receiver court. I know you said they were decent, but I don't think that at all. I think they won wide receiver. And (laughs) this is week six. You're announcing that Dwayne Haskins is going to be starting this game. For me, I think Kyle Allen's going to win the starting job, but – Around week six is probably going to be when they're making some changes and, you know, playing around with their roster shuffle and things. You know, I think they're probably going to be sitting already with a couple losses by week six. So we could see a different quarterback. We could see Dwayne Haskins going with the dub here, of course. I think that's uh, pretty much all I got to say about the skins. Uh, Let's jump over. Of course, the NFL did this to us. They love doing this, putting us Thursday night against the Eagles at the Eagles. I mean, it's like they're asking for us to lose against the Eagles again. But 
I'm going to, I'm going to go on a little limb here and I'm going to say that Danny Jones gets us started in Philly. We finally get on a winning streak with Philly and this is our first dub in Philly. In Philly, Thursday night football. Unfortunately, Murph, I'm going to have to go opposite of you. I am going to give the Giants a loss on this one. I get it. I mean, we got, we have got to end this fucking tradition that we're getting Philly. Just to go ahead and provide a quick analysis on this too. Philadelphia is also an aging team. Both are the top defensive linemen, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, I believe are approaching 32 years of age. They overpaid for a 30-year-old cornerback in Darius Slay. They really didn't add that much improvement to their secondary. If anything, it's gotten worse. Although they did pick up Kayvon Wallace from Clemson in the draft as well. So I believe it's kind of status quo. The offensive line, they did lose Jason Peters, but they kept uh, Vitae. Miles Sanders, give him a little more time in this offense. He's kind of that pass-catching running back type of threat. Uh, Jalen Rager, their wide receiving core is probably maybe as good as Washington. Take, Take your bias out. Be a fan of another team for a minute. Does Philly really scare you? No. And and I, so the one thing is, anytime we get it, into it with anybody, I like to look at things objectively. I like to take my big blue goggles off and look at a team objectively. I, I think that's the only way to become a good NFL analyst. Yeah, is to, is to look at things objectively. I, I do like Carson Wentz. Uh, Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. His problem is not being able to stay healthy or on the field. And what's your saying about that? Availability is the best ability. So if you're not on the field, you can't win games. You just can't. So, But however, Thursday night in Philly, I am going to go ahead and I'm going to give the Giants a loss on this one. So we're kind of – we're at the point where we're able to list Carson Wentz as an injury-prone player, correct? That's not taking anything away from his skill set. But we, we list Evan Ingram as an injury-prone player, and he sk- still has a hell of a great skill set. Granted, it's tight end versus quarterback, but we can argue with these Eagles fans, and I love getting under their skin and stuff, and most of it I just do to get under their skin. But, like, it's realistic to consider Carson Wentz an injury-prone quarterback at this time. It's a serious issue. A lot of people are going to say they were freak injuries or because of this or that. The bottom line is that we have to be able to rely on you to be on the field. If you're not on the field, that's all that matters. So if you want to say injury-prone, fine. If you want to say he's not injury-prone, fine, too. But He doesn't play a whole lot of games due to injuries. So let's move on to our next home game, November 2nd, versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, NFL Network asked Joe Judge about that yesterday. That was the only thing they asked when they interviewed him because of the Judge and Gronk and Brady connection. Like always, our man didn't break. I think I'm going to go to this game, dude. I got tickets, so why not? I haven't been to a Monday night game in a while. I, you know, I, I am a Brady fan. I think he's done. I think he's washed, and I don't think the Bucks are going to be what everybody's making them out to be. That clown Ryan Clark had them starting 7-1, and one, which I just don't see. I really want to pick a W here. I really do. But I'm, I'm going to take an L because I, I'm getting a little crazy with these predictions, and I still see some other wins on the schedule. Um, I'm going to put an L here for Tampa. I, I don't think Tampa's going to be the team that we – think they're going to be but I still think they're going to be a solid seven and nine eight and eight team getting a playoff sneak in kind of similar to the 2019 Browns but you know I, I take Tom and Gronk out of it the, the Bucks have a nice roster they got a pretty solid defense 
They've got a good pass rush. Really good wide receiver in Corey. Yeah, I mean, they're Mike wide, Evans if, and Chris Godwin. Yeah, if Noodle Arm Brady can get the receivers the ball, I think they'll be okay. My thing is, uh, they're a ver- they were a vertical offense with Jameis Winston, and it worked. They just had a turnover problem in their cornerback, and they had a horrible secondary. And I'm not sure that Brady can bring what Winston – could in the vertical game anymore. I so I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be pretty interesting with Tampa Bay down there. You know, I I still can't believe he went down to Tampa Bay, but it is what it is, man. It's Tampa Bay, please. No, I, I'm never saying that shit. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take an L here. A Monday night game. We're not really great Monday night, you know. So L for me. But I think it's still a winnable game. But on record, L. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and follow Sue. I'm gonna go ahead and give the Giants an L here too. I think that they have a really good team offensively. Tom Brady, I know you spoke to his arm strength. I don't think they're going to be as vertical as they were with Jameis Winston. I think they're going to try to shorten the field for him. I love Scotty Miller, especially in fantasy, because Tom Brady loves his short little white wide receivers. So Scotty Miller for me in fantasy football, I'm picking him up. They also picked up Tyler Johnson as well. Let's not forget that, uh, which gives uh, Tom Brady a big target. So remains to be seen how he, he'll be used. Or if they're going to move Chris Godwin to the slot, possibly. I would think he's going to the slot. He's just going to eat with Tom. I mean, I I would imagine he's going to play that Edelman safety valve role. Yeah, so this offense, I, I think that they're just going to be too much to contend with. Grunk, even if you don't have Grunk, you still have O.J. Howard. You still have Cameron Bray. So I think this is a loaded team led by Bruce Arians. I'm going to go ahead and give them the L as well. So now, just two weeks removed from our last matchup with them, the Giants head into Washington to face the Washington property on November 8th. I already gave my analysis. I'm going to keep this simple. I'm going to give us the W in Washington. Me as well, sir. It's always my favorite game of the year, living down here in Virginia, going up to Washington, getting my ass chewed out for the whole game, then walking out of there with a W. One of my favorite days of the year. I know it's pathetic. That's how far we've come, but uh, I love whipping up on Washington. So I'm going with a dub here too. All right, so let's move on to November 15th versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, just two weeks removed from our last matchup with them. This is a home game versus the Eagles. Uh, I already gave my analysis. I am going to go ahead and give the Giants a win on this one. I think that they do split with their division rivals this year, uh, except for Washington. I believe we sweep them. But Murph? Uh, it's second half of the year by now, so Philly typically tends to turn it on in, in the second half. I would love to give us the dub here. I gave us the dub at Philly, so I'm going to give us an L here. You know, I'm just waiting for that year where we can sweep Philly. Hopefully we can get that tradition rolling here soon. It feels like it's been an eternity since we've beaten them, but um. You know, I think the bye week following this game comes at a really good time. Week 11 kind of lets everybody get rejuvenated, clear up some injuries. um, And then uh, we roll out of the bye week with Cincinnati week 12, Sunday, November 29th. I was really hoping that the Cincinnati game was going to be our opener. I was really hoping for a Danny Dimes and Joe Burrow week one matchup. But uh, I'm looking forward to this game, man. I uh, I'm thinking about going to this. I'm trying to get to more away games. So I'm thinking about this I got this marked on my my schedule but I'm gonna give us a W here Cincinnati's a weak team defense is absolutely thrashed you know I don't know what Joe Burrow is gonna bring to the table I don't like to give rookies any kind of predictions because it's their rookie year but uh you know I don't think Cincinnati's a very strong team I think we're way beyond the years of Cincinnati they're a little a lot further than us so uh W for me, week 12. What about you? 
I'm going to give the Giants a W in this matchup as well. Joe Mixon, I still don't think they did much to improve that offensive line. You still have A.J. Green, speaking of health. Uh, Tyler Boyd, their defense is okay. Joe Burrow, if this team's going to fail, it's going to be because of Zach Taylor, in my opinion. Seeing how Zach Taylor managed his team last year. That was always such a weird hire, man. Yeah, so, you know, Joe Burrow, I... I wasn't high on him. Again, so here's the one hot take that I will give you. Put Joe Burrow on Duke and put Danny Dimes in LSU last year and tell me that Danny Dimes isn't the first overall pick then also. I I, I don't see a whole lot of differences, and I see a whole lot of similarities in Joe Burrow's play and Danny Dimes' play. So, I mean, the only difference was Daniel Jones had absolutely nobody around him. His college career was littered with drop passes. We're going to see whether or not Joe Burrow can actually figure this out in the NFL. Moving on, December 6th matchup away at Seattle. I'm just going to go ahead and I'm not even going to provide much of an analysis here. I'm just going to go ahead and give Seattle the win. Loss for the Giants. What about you, Murph? Yeah, uh, this is we start a mini slide here. For me, the next two games are losses actually at Seattle um, and nobody, especially teams that are on the on the come up like the Giants that aren't very strong. They, they just never do well in Seattle. And then Arizona right after that, you know, I think Arizona's got something special as well going on, and that air raid offense is going to give us some problems. So I actually have us going on a two two losing two game losing streak for week thirteen and fourteen. The Arizona game is so tough for me because that offense is so loaded, man. But you know what? We're going to play our defense to their strengths. See, I think we can score on their defense, though, too. I don't think they did much to improve. I, I know they did draft Isaiah Simmons. That defense overachieved last year, though, man. A lot of people slept on the Cardinals last year, and the Cardinals were a lot better than a lot than we thought. You know, they got pass rushers. They, their secondary hurts a little bit. They added Isaiah Simmons. This is such a tough one for me, but because I'm teetering on it, I'm going to go ahead and give the Giants a loss as well. So now we move into the home matchup of the century ain't that right man this is a game that you had circled on your calendar you've been nah, looking forward to not it? a big deal it's just another game you were brushing off your odell beckham jersey and nah. you were going to attend this home game odell beckham returns to metlife stadium on december 20th versus the new york giants um i'm so glad they put this at the end of the year they obviously fucking lined it up with Christmas so they can just chat about it. But I'm glad that we don't have to hear about this shit for a while. I was really scared we were going to open up with Cleveland. And not because I think that they're really good or they're going to whip our ass or anything. I just The media surrounding this game is just going to be so brutal. I'm not afraid of Cleveland. And what Cleveland's going to try to do, in my opinion, this year is pound the rocks. Stefanski's a, a Kubiak and Shermer guy. He They pounded the rock up in Minnesota. They're going to ride Nick Chubb this year, and Odell's going to take a little bit of a backseat, in my opinion. Um, I'm giving us a dub here. Cleveland doesn't scare me one bit. Uh, didn't scare me last year. I told everybody that the 2019 Browns were not going to make the playoffs, and they didn't. And everybody was wanting to uh, crown them Super Bowl champs. So uh, Odell takes an L here, like he always does. The prodigal son returns. This is a tough one for me, honestly. So more like the fucking clown returns. I hope Eli's in the stands for this game too, just for just to play mind games with Odell. So what are the odds that Odell goes over to anybody on the Giants and uh, shakes hands with them before uh, before the game? 
Well, he'll definitely be all up in Shepard and Barkley's grill. I mean, at the end of the day, they're still boys, but he's going to – I'm sure he'll have some snarky-ass comments to say pregame and all week long. But, I mean, dude, at the end of the day, he's just another wide receiver in the NFL. I'm going to give the edge on the wide receivers here to Cleveland. I'll give us the edge on the running game. I think our offensive line is much improved. They lost uh, some pieces on their offensive line. I think Danny Dimes is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Weird how that happens, right? After what (laughs) Baker had to say. But, hey, we'll let that go. Uh, I think it comes down to defenses. I trust our defense a lot more. This team lost Joe Sherbert. You know what? I'm with you. I'm going to go ahead and give the Giants a W here as well. I think it could be close. I think it can go either way. But I do like the way that we match up more than Cleveland does. Let me throw a curveball at you. Put a percentage on the chances of Odell not being on the Browns by that game. Trade or injury? Not on their roster. Trade. Ooh. Um, odds that he won't be on the roster? Correct. 3%. Yeah. I think he stays with the team. First of all, they need weapons. You have a new coach. If anything, Stefanski's going to give him at least one year. Yeah, that's fair. If he feels like he doesn't fit, then I can see Odell being traded next year. Yeah, they probably would have already moved him. You're right. Yeah, so I, I think Odell's with the team no matter what. Now, is Odell going to be on the field for this game? We're talking about December 20th. Yeah, typically uh, history tells no. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole other issue because he hasn't played a full 16-game schedule yet in his career. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct, but uh, I'm kind of done with the clown, so let's move on over to week oh, 16. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. See, because we're already doing it, man. Look, look, what we're doing right now is what the media is going to be doing for the next three months. One last question. So does Jonathan Paraselli break out his Odell Beckham jersey for this game or what? I'm not sure if he breaks that out or the Browns shirt he bought. <laughs> but uh, let's move over to Baltimore, man. Week 16. I have to say that is the most brutal environment I've ever visited as a game. We got our ass absolutely thrashed the last time we played there. I want to go to that game so bad, but with Baltimore being built like they are, and in my opinion, a top two team in the league, uh, I got to give the L here. But damn, how sweet would a W be versus Baltimore? Yeah, it would be sweet, but um, so would also me hitting the lottery. I don't think that they're going to do that either. I wouldn't waste the money on the tickets or the trip to Baltimore. Yeah, it's a loss for me. Uh, There's no analysis needed on this one. So then the Giants finish out their schedule at home January 3rd versus the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, This is just – this one's hard for me, man, because it's like I think Dallas is going to be pretty good. So are they going to be – sitting their guys by then have they already clinched the vision i'm not really sure if this is a dallas first giants first stringers all game long i want to pick the giants so bad but uh i gotta give the l here so i kind of agree with you that it depends where they are in this game if the giants aren't playing for anything they could end up playing a lot tougher and especially if dallas is sitting some of their players but i did say that i saw a splitting with our division rivals, I gave the Giants the fifth game of the season versus the Cowboys for the reasons I gave. Dallas is going to be tough, um, so I give us the win in their home arena. 
and I'll give them the win in our home. So I'm counting this as a loss. That's fair. You know. So what's that tally us up at? I got seven and nine for me. I have them at nine and seven, Merv. You're playing with fire, bro. Hey, look, there are a couple games there that honestly could go either way. So what I don't understand is everyone saying that we have a brutal schedule, but I swear I saw someone rank us as one of the easier schedules in the league. I did not see that. I don't really care, man. It's the NFL. Any given Sunday, man. Like, I don't. I don't really like basing off last year. Like, of course, based off San Francisco and Baltimore, like they're going to be good. There's no doubt. But look, the, the Los Angeles Rams aren't the Los Angeles Rams that they were last year. That's what I'm so, saying. Neither are yeah, the Bears. So- I get it. the strength of schedule is flawed. It's not a perfect system. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, and then you have a lot of changes in the offseason and the draft that are made. So I think that the Giants are an improved team from last year. So some of those games where I put us on the fence, maybe with last year's team, I give us the loss versus the Rams as opposed to the win. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. But so like I, my, my theory on schedule predictions every year, and I do this every time, I always add up what I think it's going to be. So, you know, I'm sitting at seven and nine right now, and I always subtract one game for injuries or suspensions or Eli Manning fumbling the ball and throwing interceptions. Obviously, we don't have that issue anymore. Um, hopefully, Danny Dimes not fumbling the ball. So, uh, you know, my final is going to actually be six and ten, and I know you're not going to love hearing that being at nine and seven, but I refuse to get excited for something until I see the results on the field. I operate with low expectations and I'm not going to set myself up for failure. I hope to God we're not six and 10, but that's just kind of where I'm, what I'm feeling right now, man. And I know Joe judge isn't going to be happy with six and 10, but for me as a fan, as a first year coach, I'm not going to be too upset with a six and 10 season. You want to see improvement year over year. Yeah, you do. And you know, I mean, he, just like he, Joe judge says, everyone on the roster has a clean slate. So so does Joe Judge, you know? That's what we played with when we got a new coach. I mean, we're, we just have to accept it. So um, I'm not going to be too upset. I won't be upset if we win five games. Anything under five games is going to definitely trigger me a bit. Um, I don't want to win five games. I want to win way more than that. But I think the six-game six, the six game mark is kind of where I feel comfortable. I don't know. Uh, like I said, there are some games. Those Philly games are going to be tough. Those Dallas games are going to be tough. Uh, we gave a win in the Cincinnati game. That can go either way. The Cleveland game even could be close. So, yeah, there's a lot of games that can Dude, go either the, way. the Bucks game could be close. We don't know who the hell the Bucks are. Yeah, that's true. But we did give them the loss. So I'm looking at the wins mostly. Yeah, that's true. Even L.A., I gave the Giants a win versus L.A. I, I think that L.A. is decimated. Well, and, and let's not forget, man, like the NFL has put in a contingency plan to not play the first couple of weeks. So, you know, it's not that far off to say that we start the season week three. I know it's crazy and it's it's far away and there's a lot that can change. But, you know, they have a contingency plan in place. So. I mean, we could be seeing a season that's a little shortened. I mean, it's not far out of question. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Which, in my opinion, like, that's why the back end of the schedule is backloaded with divisional games. We don't play our first divisional game till week five. I mean, we're playing football by October 11th, in my opinion. But I don't think it's out of question that we don't start until October 4th. For me, I just want to see improvement. I want to see Joe Judge run this uh, team. I want to see Jason Garrett. 
I want to see Patrick Graham's scheme in this defense. You know, so I'm with you. I want to see improvements. Nine and seven. If the Giants don't go nine and seven, I'm not going to be disappointed. I mean, I would like to see them in the playoffs, but what's going to disappoint you? What number is going to disappoint you uh, in the win cost? Uh, three fucking wins again. So you're cool with four or five? Honest answer, honest question. I don't, I physically can't handle it anymore. All right. So he, here's the thing I'm going to look at this as glass half full scenario, right? As a team, I would be ecstatic with nine and seven and a wild card, right? If we're not making the playoffs, give me one win or no wins. I want that first overall pick. Nah, fuck that, because then it's all going to be Trevor Lawrence to the Giants all summer long. Jesus, that would I want so the first annoying. overall pick. I want to trade out of it. I want a King's Ransom for the pick. It just sucks to be somewhere in that in-between, right? You finish 7-9, and nine and you end up with, like, the 12th pick. Or, you know, it's like, fuck. Well, it, like, it's worth nothing, really. I get it, man, but that's why we love this league. It's not the NBA. There's no tanking. Like, I, I get it, but... My thing is going to be roster development, and I want to see how the coaching staff does. I'm probably more excited for this coaching staff than I am the actual fucking roster. I can agree with that. I can't wait to see Joe Judge get out there and see what he can bring to the table. You know I wanted Jason Garrett. So I thought that Jason Garrett had a lot to offer in terms of, you know, having played in the NFCs, his development, his his ability to utilize Saquon, our tight ends. I think he's going to get the most out of his offense. And then Patrick Graham, I want to see what he's bringing in from that New England defense. And we heard the philosophy that him and Joe Judge share. And I don't want to give away too much because we go into that with our guests coming up. So I want either a very low win total, a wild card, or roster development. Either way, I'm not going to be disappointed. Yeah, I mean, we switched coaching staffs, so this is where we are. It is what it is. I'm going to be upset with less than five, but I understand with less than five. But we just got to start moving in the right direction. And, you know, the best thing that could happen for us is Joe Judge comes out and gets this team rolling. And, you know, we're a very competitive, fiery team. Daniel Jones takes a step forward, and we really get to uh, push the ball down the field and get hand the ball off to Saquon and do it like we should have been doing from day one with Shermer. So. All right, Murph, so speaking of Joe Judge and Patrick Graham, why don't we segue over to our very special guest that we have with us, Mr. Montre Hardage, who joins Murph in the main. Let's do it. All right, Montre, thank you for joining the show today. Really appreciate it. For Murph and the Mage fans, we have Montre Hardage of the New York Giants with us today. Montre, how are you and your family holding up? Oh, we're doing pretty well. Can't complain right now. I'm down here in Florida just hanging out. Yeah, looking forward to, you know, coming up north and playing some ball soon. We're looking forward to having you. Trust that. <laughs> Are you ready to cut out the warm weather and get some snow snow in yeah, your yeah. veins? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I went to went to college in uh, the Chicago area, so I kind of, I I kind of understand, you know, what it takes, you know, to play in that weather. So I'm looking forward to it again. Oh yeah, good old good old Big Ten guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> But let's face it, you probably prefer the warm weather, don't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Any, you know, <laughs> if I had to choose, yeah. I mean, yeah. down here is really nice. Consistently, right? So that's the biggest thing. Well, you'll probably have like two or three warm games for you in New York, and then you can kiss it goodbye after that. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, true. <laughs> I guess it. you got to take what you can get, right? Yeah, I'm sure the fans are probably like the same. Let's take these three games and, you know, let's, let's <laughs> have fun in this weather. So I'm sure. We all we all make sure we get our early season tickets. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> the winters have been better. They've been a little more milder. Yeah, and the Giants did host the Super Bowl at the stadium. So, so let's jump on into it. 
Montre, tell us a little bit about your rookie year, what you learned most from playing down in Miami. And then tell us a little bit about last offseason versus this year's offseason and how it's been different and what are some of the biggest challenges you face coming over to a new team? Yeah, so rookie year, um, I was undrafted rookie coming in and expectations were, you know, make make the team, whatever whatever role, that special teams defense went in, offseason, training camp, and into the preseason. Um, yeah, just stay consistent um, throughout that process. Um, got an opportunity to play on the practice squad, to be on the practice squad, and finally got activated later on in the season for four or five games. And, yeah, in terms of that, just learning a lot, just on defense, coming into a new system, in terms of just learning a new system and also playing a different position. Played corner majority of my career. But coming in and stepping into a role of free safety was a little different. So in terms of that, communicating, you know, just being this field general um, and also just making checks on the run. Um, I think that was like the biggest just shift in terms of mentality that I had to, you know, change whenever I got the opportunity to play for Miami. And yeah, with that, in terms of progression towards, uh, you know, just the offseason right now, it's kind of like just working out at home, getting some runs in, finally got all the weights and, you know, the things that I need in order to stay in shape and things like that. So yeah, it probably took a couple months to come in, huh? Yeah, it did. <laughs> it took a, took a couple months. <laughs> couple months and a, and a lot of money, right? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so just was waiting on that. In the meantime, I was just kind of just doing some some band workouts and stuff like that until I got the weights. Um, and then, then they started to shut down some of the parks, and I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I should start working out um, and running in parking lots and things like that. So <laughs> to, I was just trying to make the best out of it. Yeah, that's what I've been doing currently. So don't feel bad, Mantra. Even Tom Brady got kicked out. So oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> true that. We're really, uh, we're really getting back to the basics these days, aren't we? Oh yeah, man. Just those 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 prisoner workouts, push-ups, <laughs> sit-ups, and runs. That's all we got, right? Yeah, I know you guys are probably familiar with you know the Instagram like uh, challenges with the push-ups. Oh, Definitely yeah. was a part of those. So it started off from there, and then I started getting some weights. So. <laughs> It's, it's moving on up, but um, in terms of, you know, transitioning to another team and what, you know, Pat brings in terms of, in terms of the defense right now, I mean, it's similar similar scheme in terms of play man-to-man ball, things like that. Uh, he's bringing a 4-3 defense, so it's going to be interesting to see what all he brings from, you know, from last previous year um, whenever we were at Miami. Uh, but in terms of just the philosophy, um, in terms of what the defense and what he's trying to in- implement, pretty much spot on in terms of man-to-man ball. So let me ask you a question. Um, actually, I have two. Yep. Coming in as an undrafted free agent, you still have that chip on your shoulder? I think you have to, man. This is a production-based business. Um, it's, it's about what you do now. So regardless of – it's kind of one of those things when you hit the field, like the, the stars, the, the names, doesn't really matter. It's about what you're doing in those moments. So. Yeah, man. If if you don't have a chip in this league, man, I don't think you can really make it. So <laughs> I like that. That's a good answer. I'm pretty sure that Joe Judge would be pretty happy with that answer oh, as yeah. well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, also, too, you mentioned about uh, Patrick Graham and you mentioned some of his schemes. Uh, what was it like to be coached under Patrick Graham? Was, it, was he somebody that you got along with? Was he someone you enjoyed working with? Yeah, coach. We call him PG. PG. PG, yeah. Um you know, pretty – he comes with it. He, he wants the team to be, you know, obviously in shape, fast, physical, and smart. I think that what he wants to instill, and that's something that he's he's trying to bring in and, you know, continually, obviously, to build on his chapter. 
Um, and playing honor, it was it was an honor. You know, it's it's all about you know coming out here and winning each day. We talked about you know you don't win the games on Sundays. You win them throughout the week, throughout every rep and every practice. So that's just instilled into his formula of you know playing ball, um, and also coaching. So just one of those things where you know you come in every day to get one percent better, and you know just with those different foundations, that's what he's like. That's simply what he preaches. So that's. It's kind of that's kind of like how I've adapted to coming into the league. Just that one percent better every day. Just keeping the edge and trying to get better. So when when the New York Giants claimed you off waivers, were you surprised that that you were heading up north? Did you already know? Did, did the Pat Graham uh, connection immediately hit your head? Uh, initially, when I when I got waived, I was like, you know, it could it could be based off connection, could be based off you know what they saw with them. Um, but when I did get the call from the Giants, I was like, okay, had had to be from PG. Um, and so uh, whenever I talked to him, he was like, what's good? He said, what's up? He said, I saw you on waivers. He's like, uh, I, I said, I had to pick you up. I was like, yeah. I said, my guy. <laughs> and, uh, well, hey, man, that, that tells us a lot about you, man. Yeah, for sure. You guys, he obviously did something in his eyes that he liked, and he knows you're a high-character guy to bring up to New York. You know, Definitely. Trying to fill a roster up here. So, um, you know, we got a crowded safety room. So what, yeah. what makes you a little bit – what gives you the edge in that room? What are you going to bring to yeah. the table? And uh, what can we expect from Mr. Mantra? Yeah, man, definitely a guy who's just consistent, man. I think that's that's the biggest thing when it comes to success over, overall, how consistent you are. Um, and just, you know, whenever I get the opportunity, man, just showing how consistent, how, you know, what about me flying around, making plays. Just overall, just being a playmaker and communicating and being on the same page, I think. You see coverages break down. You see there's a lack of communication. And, different eras in those rims, right? So with that, I'm just looking forward to going in, doing my job, communicating, and just balling. So you guys got playbooks already, right? Have you been Correct. diving into that? Good, good. We yeah. love to hear that, man. I know it's yeah. been a weird off season for you, so I'm yeah. sure you guys are studying pretty hard. Andre, I have uh, two questions for you. I wanna, I wanna circle back on um, two sure. things before we move okay. forward. So you mentioned about your experience with Patrick Graham, who comes from New England, but one other person that you were coached under is Flores, Brian Flores, oh, that's right. who also comes from New England. Yeah. So maybe you can give us a little bit of insight as to what we're going to get here with Joe Judge, because it seems like there's a lot of similarities in the messages that they all preach. Sure. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward, man, in terms of, you know, the message of being clear and concise on what they expect and the expectations for just the overall franchise or just a group that he's directing. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty blunt. Like, if he wants to emphasize that we're going to be, you know, team first mentality, um, all about coming in and working every day. And that, that's simply, like, what we're going to do. And we're not going to pretty much worry about um, anything, whether that's distractions or things that may happen along, you know, outside of the, the business. So that's pretty much what it is. That sounds a lot like what Joe Judge uh, had mentioned to the draft picks for the Giants this year was don't talk about Super Bowls. Don't talk about winning seasons. Come in and just be ready to work. So that's really good insight there, especially having worked under Brian Flores and Patrick Graham. Um, yeah. Seems like you're going to fit right in here at uh, <laughs> New York. Uh, the other thing is, too, uh, Mantra, is that as fans, people tend to forget that players are people. Yeah. So uh, how was it when you found out that you were waived? What were some of your initial thoughts? Yeah, um, I simply – I mean – Coming into the game, like I understand, you sometimes you have to normalize negativity. Um, things are gonna happen. Um, every every player either gets cut or traded in their career, 
So just understanding those foundations, understanding that the best players get cut is one of those things where I took and I was like, okay, you know, swallow, process it, and then continue. You know, I just, with that, it was just more so I had to move forward. And hopefully, you know, a team who wanted to invest into me, you know, is willing to give me an opportunity. So that was pretty much my mental um, going into everything is trying to stay level-headed and, you know, continue to work because, you know, I have something bigger in mind. We'll call it mentality. Yep. I like that. Is there anything that you're preparing yourself for this upcoming season that you did a little bit different from last year? That's a, that's a great question. Yeah, obviously, you're a little strapped with your uh, with the situation in society right now. So Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, just coming in with a, you know, great the mentality I can't control. So just trying to control what I can't control, I think, at the end of the day. Going I in, love it. yeah, just laying everything on the table, you know, whether, you know, whatever the coaches ask and things like that, just laying it down for my teammates and for the coaches at the end of the day. I'm just trying to win ball games and whatever that looks like, and you know, I'm willing to do. So uh, I wanted to ask you earlier, and I, I got Mage politely cut me off. Um, <laughs> you're so when you were at Northwestern, you're playing ton of ton of corner, lockdown corner. I know, I think at one point you were the fifth, had the fifth lowest completion percentage in the nation. You know, how did it? How did that transition to safety go? And do you see yourself possibly playing a little corner in New York? And um, or are you pretty much full-time safety? Obviously, you have the mentality of you're going to play where coach wants you. I can tell. But how how was that transition? And are you still kind of struggling with it? Yeah, um, yeah, that's a great question. Coming into it, obviously, it was, it was a learning curve just being in the post and, like, coming down the hill to do things instead of – or, like, playing man-to-man coverage against tight ends more so than slot or, you know, just regular receivers. So just getting comfortable back there, it, it not only took, you know, just a couple months, but, you know, in order for me to make the – so I initially made the 53-man, and they cut me, and then I went on the practice squad, and then I got activated later. So it was just more so, like, they wanted to make sure I was comfortable at right. that position in order before putting me in, you know, into the situations of trying to win the game. So with those, you know, just – boundaries it was more so like making sure this guy's comfortable making sure that he he knows that you know this is a different type of type of playing style so with that for me it was just trying to learn as fast as I can within those x amount of months before they made those cuts so it was me just working my ass off to do that and over time got really got really good at it and then obviously got activated coaches trusted me to go out there and make calls and when I got in I was majority now on third downs critical downs where you know, guys are trying to get off the field. So I had to come in, make sure I was on point with everything and then communicating that and also, you know, being in the right spot, making plays. Um, so over time, I did become very comfortable at it. And uh, going forward, I they really haven't established, you know, what, what where they see me in terms of playing free safety or a corner nickel. But I'm assuming right now just what, you know, PGI said to me, it would probably mostly free safety in those those rounds, but I guess we'll see because awesome. I haven't really done anything on the field yet. So it's just been all about communicating. So yeah, can't, can't really say, you know. So now one thing that they talked about here and someone had mentioned is that we may see more of a 3-3-5 defense here, mm. which kind of makes sense with, hey, they brought you in as well. They loaded up on DBs, loaded up on safeties. In this draft, they spent 100% of their draft capital on three positions, offensive line, defensive backs, and linebackers. Yeah. So it really looks like they're heading more towards that three three five, just based on the personnel. Where do you see yourself playing in a three three five? So now you do have that cornerback experience, so you can come in and possibly play nickel for them. You can. Yeah. Are you comfortable playing closer to the line? Where do you see? I know you haven't had the conversation with Patrick Graham yet. Yeah. Where do you see yourself fitting in on three three five? 
Yeah, with that, like you said, like I have the, I have the coverage ability. Um, so with that, that's not really a question. In terms of where I fit, it, it kind of, it, most of everything that we do, or what I've been a part of, it's basically strictly off game plan, to be honest. So we're matching up with guys and just trying to get the best guys on the best guys. So just with that, it could be different one week, you know, compared to the next week. So, I, so I, can't, I can't really just emphasize because it's just what I've experienced. It can be totally different because I come into a meeting one week and I'm like, okay, I, I look at the calls, but then people are in different positions and it's like, you have to know an entire different just way of going about coverages the next week. So it can be just very different. So I'm pretty sure, you know, what, if we are, look, if we are looking to go into that rim, I'm pretty sure like they're going to have like, uh, you know, a good system behind it. So. Well, that's certainly something that we heard from here in New York, from Joe Judge, from Patrick Graham, is that they're going to exploit opponents' weaknesses and not necessarily fit any, or as Joe Judge said, they're not going to fit any round pegs into a square hole. So um, they're going to play personnel. They're going to put. They're going to play their personnel to their strength. They're not going to put them in a position where they can't succeed. So, and it sounds like again, coming from that New England tree that you've had experience with down to Brian Flores and Patrick Graham, and it seems like it's a real sentiment here. We're going to have to have you back after you get some time with Joe Judge. Yeah. Let me tell you, Joe Judge, I, I played a little bit of uh, ball as well, but Joe Judge is a coach that I would want to play for. You know, you could tell that that no-nonsense approach, but he'll have you ready to run through a wall on game day for him. Oh, yeah. So we certainly got to have you back, Montre. Okay. <laughs> so let's get into some of the fun stuff, the personal Montre stuff. Okay. You know, so you're a football player, but – yeah. You know, did you play any more sports when you were growing up? And if you could be a professional athlete of any other sport, what would it be? Mm. Wanted to, you know, grew up playing basketball a lot. Okay. I'm a huge basketball fan. And if I had to choose one professional athletic career other than football, definitely be basketball. Honestly, okay. just guaranteed money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. Um, it's a different way of like, uh, you know, it's a little, little less intimate, physical, less physical, intimate. Like you're, you're always in the guys like, you know, face, you know, things like that. So just being very competitive on those hardwood um, grounds, I think will be something in my back pocket if I had the, the height. <laughs> have <laughs> so. you been watching the last dance on ESPN? You know what? I have not. And the reason why I haven't, because I want I want to, I just want to watch it all the way through. I'm a guy that Me likes to bro. So I'm going to wait till it's, I think the last episode was yesterday or is it? No, it's up to oh, us. Episode six now. It's a 10 part oh, so, series. Oh, it's a 10 part series. So yeah, I think so I'm going to just wait it out. Weeks. Okay. I think I'm going to just wait it out, man. I'm going to just let everyone talk about it. And I'm going to just go through it like like I did with Game of Thrones, man. So. There you go. Get everybody's opinions, and then you can apply your own to it at the end. I like yeah. it. I haven't, I haven't started either. I need to get on it, but I'm the same way. I just, I'm just i going to save it for a, a, a rainy day or something like that. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I got to ask, who's your favorite basketball team? Mm, basketball team? Yeah, and player. I grew up. I'm from Georgia, so I just grew up naturally, like, room for the Hawks. But, yeah, man, LeBron fan. Okay. LeBron fan, man. Yeah, he, he just does he, he does a lot like obviously on the on the court and just his you know professionalism outside the court. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Off the court is just you know remarkable and just the communities and things that he, he's done is just remarkable, man. So awesome. If you weren't gonna be a professional athlete, what were you planning on doing after school? Yeah, man, numerous of things I was interested in, you know. But right now, man, just start my own business somewhere. Becoming, you know, just investing to real estate, becoming a real estate investor, and cool. uh, in those rims, and 
yeah, man, just tapping into that type of market. I think that would be would have been great because everyone needs a house. Um, oh yeah. And so just learning about you know that market and negotiating and you know things like that, trying to flip things and refinance it, all of those great things. So yeah. I'll tell you what, Montre, even Murph doesn't know this about me, but HGTV and DIY is w- one of my two favorite channels. I watch that mm. consistently. Constantly <laughs> watching those flip or flop shows and everything else. I'm right there with you on that. You watching, you, po- you listening to your podcast on uh, Real Estate? No, not really. Why, you have any good ones? Oh, uh, yeah, man. I've been listening to uh, Bigger Pockets with uh, Brandon Turner. Okay. Uh, recommend. Just really good in that field, and I, I look at him as an expert, so. I'm making a note of that right now. You definitely give me the vibe that you're a go-getter and you, you, uh, you know, self-improvement and independence. So definitely makes sense with your kind of your play style and uh, being a realtor, you know, you got to start from the bottom and make it right. Hey, for sure, man. So tell us if you have any, give us a funny rookie camp story. Ooh. Did they hate <laughs> you? Sure you could tell us. Uh, no, it wasn't any, it wasn't anything like that. I think in comparison to like what you saw on like, uh, were those uh, like uh, hard knocks like shows? Like I, I, it was, it was something less like less chill. Like we would just tell stories or make us gonna yeah, or like tell a joke or anything like that. I think I. Um, so no one stuck you with a seventy-five thousand dollar restaurant bill? Uh, well we did have, we had, we did have a rookie rookie dinner, but like I think after rookie dinner, not everyone showed up, so it wasn't as bad. So, so we, yeah, so we kind of we kind of got off on the low ball with that. Um, I guess like the funniest. Well, I don't think I have any funny, like all the, all the, all the funniest things like didn't happen to me. It happened to like all the other teammates, like the craziest, like the only two like tasks I really had to do like during training camp was like get everyone's like shoulder pads, helmets. And then like every, I think it was every Friday I would go um, to Krispy Kreme and pick everybody up donuts. Hey. Um, so just showing my servitude in those ways and, you know, the older guys needed something I got it from, but it was just, Things like that, nothing too crazy. I, I think I probably gave them like two like funny stories that I had in high school. Um, <laughs> they didn't uh, make you sing. They didn't make you get your hair colored. Or yeah, they they made us sing. Um, what's that? Uh, what's that song on? Uh, White chicks. Have you guys seen White chicks? Yeah. Uh, you know, you know what they're. I forgot that song. Like everyone was singing in that movie, but it was that song. Um, all right well we're gonna have to look it up and maybe we'll play that as our intro music for this episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was was that in front of like the entire squad other than that it was just pretty chill they would just ask us like okay like what are some random facts about you and things like that but not too bad not too bad um you know switching back to the, the football aspect of it um you know did you have any idols in the game growing up any teams you followed anything like that huge huge Vic fan just in terms of like you know being from Georgia and his athleticism what he brought to the you know he was a freak just, yeah just the just the city man it was I was crazy and you know growing up my dad was a, a Steelers fan and so just being and just learning more about you know that that culture of ball and role models in terms of that huge Pat P guy growing up Patrick Peterson. okay cool so yeah just studying his game in terms of like how humble he was like LSU and then you know when he took his talents in the NFL how he you know just remained consistent so I kind of embody you know that kind of mentality in terms of you know how to work yeah no that's all good stuff man we always love to hear all that uh, I think our last thing for you is a little bit of a different one so you went to college in Chicago in Illinois uh, so yeah the Chicago area 
Um, so I'm sure you had a, a bunch of slices of Chicago deep dish pizza. So <laughs> yeah. have you had a slice of New York pizza yet? I have. Okay. So we, um, we play in the Bronx my yep. sophomore year versus Pitt in the New, New Era Bowl with Pinstripe Bowl. Yep. And, and uh, Yankee Stadium. My, Yankee Stadium. So I had my first slice of pizza that year. My, I had my first slice of pizza my freshman year. So only like a year apart. So I'm like, okay, I'm not a huge fan of the deep dish pizza. Okay. Uh, Chicago. You're on the right track pizza. here. On the right track. But I do love the thin crust that they serve um, at their well-known, like, Luminati's and was it Gio uh, Giordano's. Um, so you mean, like, the flat pizza? Yeah, just the yeah. flat pizza, okay. just the thin crust. Yeah. Right. And, I, and I've had New York sliced pizza, but in terms of – <laughs> if I had to, if I had to go at one, the deep dish or New York, you know, sliced pizza, I have to go with the New York. Area. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. You get a little volume yeah. with the Chicago, but you get the authenticity yeah. with the New York. For sure. You got to take care of us Italians like me and Mesh. <laughs> got you. <laughs> hey, Montre. So when you come up here, you're probably going to be staying in Jersey because let's face it, that's where the stadium is, despite being called the New York Giants. If you ever need anything, feel free to hit me up. I will help you. I will give you all the best uh, pizza places in New Jersey. And uh, maybe I might even be able to tell you where to find some weights at home for your homework. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate everything. You have been a great interview. Uh, we wish you nothing but the best in New York. And with your career, hopefully it's with New York for the rest of it. But if not, we wish you all the best. You sound like a great young man, and we're really looking forward to this uh, season. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, man. Appreciate you reaching out and getting back to us so quick. And, you know, if we can ever do anything for you, please reach out. Definitely, man. I appreciate that. All right. You stay safe down there. All right. You guys take care. Bye. Have a great one. Thanks, man. Thanks, man.